Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. They were willing to shoot people. They certainly were willing to torture people. There was a very well-known criminal had a couple of fingers chopped off in Fairview Park at one stage because he wouldn't pay up. They were targeting very serious criminals as well. But you'd also see them then on a Saturday marching with the Republicans. With him at all these times, both as he did the security and both as he went on these marches, you would see Nathan Kinsella with him. I'm Nicola Tallent and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Convicted Real IRA member Nathan Kinsella has pleaded guilty to tax charges, while his partner Jennifer Dunn had money laundering and tax charges dropped against her at the Special Criminal Court. Kinsella will be sentenced next January after the unravelling of the state's money laundering case against the couple. Today, I'm talking to Niall Donald about Kinsella his past role as an extortionist with pal Alan Rhyme and his links to Jim Mansfield Jr., who remains under financial and VAT fraud investigations around activities at his family's to Sagart House mansion. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. It's amazing how many paths lead back to, to Sagart House, to the Mansfield family home, Um in so many varied stories that we write about and that end up national news. I mean, for example, the Criminal Assets Bureau case against Daniel Kinahan and Thomas Bomber Kavanagh, which led all the way back to 4.5 million euro in cash being delivered to that house, to yeah. Sagart House, out in Sagart. Now, anyone who doesn't know it, it's a big mansion that's just beside the entrance to City West Hotel. I know it well because I've spent quite a lot of time mooching around out there over the years on different stories. But only in the last couple of weeks, um, Nathan Kinsler, former Real IRA man, has played pleaded guilty to tax offences and they relate to monies basically that yeah. he seems to have gathered into Sagart House. Um, now, why was Nathan Kinsella in the Mansfield family mansion? And of course that relates back to other individuals like 
Desi O'Hare, like Whacker Duffy, like all these various paramilitaries that at one point all gathered there because Jim Mansfield, Jimmy Mansfield Jr. sort of opened the doors of that family home and let them all in because there was an absolute, I'm going to just say the, the word, a clusterfuck going on. Yeah, he did, isn't it? He swallowed a spider to catch a fly. Exactly. How beautifully put. Yes. Did you write that? I didn't, Nicola. <laughs> I didn't. I'll take credit for it, though. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it used to sound like a, a crime reporter's fantasy land stuff, didn't it? When Absol- people, when it, people actually, used to talk about it. Actually, you could have it as a kind yeah. of like, yeah, a, yeah. you know, a, a kind of a kind fun like, park. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know... You always heard these stories about the Mansfields and, you know, Bomber Kavanaugh's there and the Kinnons are there and then yeah. all the IRA guys are there and then yeah. other, you know, burglary gang guys are there and they're all in the middle with this uh, socialite at the centre. And it just sounded like, like it's one of those stories that it's never going to see the if light of day. go back further, you'd Lee yeah. Cullen, you'd yeah. all these. I mean, we Lanes were constantly and, out around City yeah, West yeah. in surveillance vehicles with cameras We pictured Daniel Kinahan there, Christopher Kinahan Jr., Liam Rowe. Yeah. We pictured so many of them. I'd say if you went through our archives, yeah. you know, and you looked at the background of where any of these photographs yeah. are, there would be so many from out around to Sagart House and City West. And it just seemed like such an unlikely uh, conglomeration of things. Uh, so, but obviously... It's now all public knowledge, which is amazing, really, isn't it? Um, you know, there was always uh, these rumours and it, I always believed, look, nobody's ever going to be able to print that. But yeah. but time did catch up with them. Time eventually caught up with them. And, and, and st- I understand there's still investigations going on around what went on out, yeah. out there over a period of time and um, to do with all sorts of, you know, VAT uh, scams and money laundering and all the rest of this. But for the for the moment, let's have a little look at Nathan Kinsella. Yeah. Um, start with a bit of background because I think you would know more about that background, the real IRA and Alan Ryan and him. Yeah, he was one of, um, when, Alan, when we started writing about Alan Ryan, um, he was obviously came into prominence in in Dublin because he was putting the heavy on drug dealers, really. Um, and it was really unprecedented at the time because... So if, when was this, sort of the, the, the 2006, yeah, 7, 8, 9, 10? Probably a bit later, yeah. In, 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 he was murdered, I think, in 2011. Yeah, so it was probably the two years running up to that. Um, Sorry, one second. He was murdered, I think, in 2012. Yeah, so Alan Ryan had had spent a short period of time in in Port Leash after he was caught in a, a where a, with with IRA arms basically. That's when he was quite young. That's when he was quite young, and he'd come out of that uh, after that prison sentence had become involved in, you know, doing security for places, and he built up this young cohort of guys around them over a period of time, and um, they all drank together, they all were seen in pubs together um, and they started putting the heavy on drug dealers. Now initially they were kind of scorned to a degree and um, they weren't taken too seriously. Can I ask you something and you yeah. mightn't be able to answer this but it just occurs to me. Did they somehow join the Real IRA or did they become 
the real IRA in Dublin? Did they, no, I mean, they, were they always, was Ryan well, I mean, that the, from a very Republican background? He was from a Republican background, but not a particularly uh, background involved with the provost. He joined the Nafina, the young, the youth wing of the IRA as a teenager under 18. Um, he he had come from a Republican background, but he was, he was right in there. I mean, these guys are peacetime soldiers. As, as they could be called. I mean, they joined post-ceasefire when the real IRA were really not up to much in terms of, but you know... their power base, the real IRA, was in the north. So this was some sort of a Dublin faction of it. Well, it was it was the Dublin Brigade, I suppose, yeah. is what it became known as. But the IRA, by its nature, um, obviously the, the provosts were quite organised, but also quite disorganised at times and sometimes... Um, because you can't have meetings and AGMs and take notes and all of that. Sometimes there's different wings can act sort of se semi-autonomously, mm -hmm. um, although they're answerable. Certainly after the ceasefire and after the, the provost started to disband, the real IRA were even more chaotic. Um, that they had a presence in Ireland or in, in, in the 26 counties. They had a, quite a strong presence in Cork, for example. They had a much lesser presence in Limerick. There was other dissident groups there. Mm. And they Continuity had a were strong there. Yeah, exactly. And they had a they had a uh, you know they had they certainly had membership in in Dublin and across Loud and Mead, um, but they weren't regarded as being particularly active. If you look back into two thousand, some of the operations that were being carried out by the real IRA from involving Dublin people were kind of almost studenty types um, who had been recruited in 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 UCD and places like that. So. Alan Ryan, when he came out of prison, he was obviously in there with a group of r some younger real IRA guys. He come out and what I told was that he was motivated by this sense that the real IRA were being treated as a joke in Dublin, in, in, in the communities that they mostly came from, the working class communities and the north side in particular, that they weren't being taken seriously by the drug gangs, the drug gangs who had become uh, much better armed, much better resourced than they had. Um, so when he came out, he was doing security. Um, and at that point, he started coming in conflict with a number of, of, of organizations, including the Hutch, associates of the Hutch, uh, well, what we would now call the Hutch gang, um, maybe not Jared Hutch himself, but, you know, people very close to him. There have been a number of incidents with a well-known member of the Hutch gang who's who's um, currently facing charges who we can't name. And then he'd become in, con in, in conflict with other groupings as well. At some point along the way, he'd started to attract a mass of these young guys um, uh, and some of them less less young. Um, he was being mentored by maybe older figures in the background. He would have been about 30, is that right, at something, this point something, you're talking about? Yeah, something in or around that. You're talking about 20, 2007 to 2009, yeah, bit, yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah, that sort of time. And I suppose around 2009, he'd become involved in a few sort of relatively localised disputes. Um, there'd been a number of incidents. And I think what they, re you know, these incidents probably um, made them more attractive to certain young people. Um, there was also a couple of people from, from the north who'd been, had to leave for various reasons that had become associated with him. And they started really, really putting the heavy on drug dealers. I mean, it was, you know, it really caused a lot of, uh, you know, shock, I think, um, 
because they were willing to shoot people. They certainly were willing to torture people. There was people, uh, a very well-known criminal had a couple of fingers chopped off in Fairview Park at one stage because he wouldn't pay up. Um, they were targeting very serious criminals as well. And Nathan Kinsella was one of these, one of Alan at, Ryan's associates. Yeah, so at this time, Alan Ryan, they were doing this shooting drug dealers, threatening them. But you'd also see them then on a Saturday um, marching with the, you know, the Republicans uh, in at the GPO with this student, for want of a, a better word. And with him at all these times, both as he did the security and both as he went on these marches, you would see Nathan Kinsella with him. He was he was one of those people almost surgically attached to Alan Ryan. Would he have been his right-hand man? Well, something like that. I mean, it, there certainly there was a core group of them, maybe five or six of them, and Nathan Kinsella was one of them. Vinnie Ryan, Alan Vinnie Ryan's Ryan. brother, would have been another one? Yeah, um, uh Decky Smith, who was ultimately shot dead, uh, for, who was originally from the north. So, and there was another couple of guys as well who, yeah. who are still floating around. Um, but Nathan Kinsler was originally from the north inner city. Um, he would have been one of the people who were putting the heavy on the drug dealers, basically. Um, he would have had a, a Republican pedigree. And, um, what happened was, it's always going to be a bit murky. Is it the murder of Alan Ryan? He was certainly shot dead by a, a, a North Dublin gang. It is quite well believed and, you know, we believe it as well that that was at least partly organised by a criminal known as Mr. Big. It seems that he was given the nod by some people in the North who felt Alan Ryan was either not handing up money, was becoming too powerful, um, they didn't like him. When I mean people in the north, I mean people in his in his own organisation who certainly didn't help plan the murder, but said if it's carried out, there'd be very little retaliation. Once Alan Ryan was shot dead, um, Alan Ryan had become probably the most feared figure in 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 Dublin's criminal underworld at that for that period of time. I mean, he'd certainly been heavily involved in the murder of somebody like Mika Kelly, who'd been, they did, you know, also known as the Panda, who they'd attempted to uh, extort money from and who had refused. He was shot dead. That sort of thing put, shot fear into, into, into the criminals because they weren't, you know, Mika Kelly was a very, very well-connected, uh, serious player. So after Alan Ryan's murder, um, <clears throat> if you remember at the time, there was an atmosphere that, that, you know, this is going to cause absolute carnage on mm -hmm. the streets of Dublin that you can't do that. You, yeah, somebody in the real IRA yeah. cannot be shot by a criminal. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely beyond the pale. But very quickly, um, a couple of things happened. First, there was Alan Ryan's funeral. Um, his coffin was in a front garden and there were shots fired over it and pictures were taken and put on, on social media. It caused... Uh, outrage because he then had a full colour party funeral um, while a lot of what Alan Ryan had done hadn't really sparked a lot of interest in the papers certainly that sparked outrage in normal society and if in you the doll and in the doll and as you know when those things spark outrage in the doll there's action taken and then also um, uh, what happened was a couple of Alan Ryan's associates received punishment shootings um, one of whom was Nathan Kinsella. Um, the other was, was a guy called Decky Smith, who was ultimately shot dead in, not by the, by the IRA. But Nathan Kinsella was. He was kneecapped. He was kneecapped mm. and he was booted out of the IRA or whatever that means. He was certainly, uh, uh, 
he was certainly uh, disassociated from them for a period of time. He also uh, became a central focus for regarding the Colour Party uh, for a Garda investigation in the membership of an, of, of the IRA and he'd ultimately uh, was found guilty of, of membership uh, in the aftermath of Alan Ryan shooting and, ser- and sentenced to two years in prison. During his time in prison, he actually didn't go to Port Leash. He went to another wing in, in I think it was the Midlands. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but he certainly, uh, you know, was uh, semi-excommunicated at that stage. So, that was the background of him. Then he kind of, dis- did he disappear? Certainly. Well, before you get on to that, yeah. I'm going to give you another side of the background yeah. that was happening. And we opened this by saying all paths lead back to, to Sagart House, yeah. the Mansfield family home. So back to the same period that you've been talking about yeah. there when Alan Ryan has emerged as this leading figure of the real IRA. He's built up a band of brothers. They're extorting drug dealers. You have the cocaine boom going on in the background, yeah. by the way. So people have a lot of money. Um, you had two things. You had, first of all, uh, Ryan looked to extort some money from Eamon Kelly, yeah. who was the sort of the, you know, the godfather of godfathers in, in, in Ireland at the time and who was mentoring a lot of very, uh, violent and serious criminals and who had the ear of Christy Kinahan Sr. in Spain the Netherlands, wherever he was at that stage. So anything that needed to be sanctioned could be sanctioned through him. Kelly, Eamon Kelly, who was a veteran provo himself and very friendly with Desi O'Hare, looked for some advice on what to do that he's been, you know, he couldn't believe that he had been asked for money from this young sort of gang as such. And uh, Desi O'Hare told him, don't pay up and tell all your people, anyone you're mentoring, don't pay up. You show any weakness, they come back for more. So Kelly held his ground, of course, and but felt under threat. Um, So that's going on on one side of things. And of course, Kelly is shot sometimes later by a kind of like a little lasting of a dying wasp from what happens following the, the murder of Alan Ryan. But while they're extorting money from all these criminals and causing all that chaos... Um, they're also knocking around with Jim Mansfield Jr., who has his own problems. His father is still alive, Jim Mansfield Sr., the once richest man in the country, who in 2009 got into a bit of bother because he had overstretched himself in the property market like many others. And the banks came looking for their 200 plus million that he owed. Um, receivers were appointed. He lost his assets like City West and uh, Finstown House Hotel, it all got um, sort of swept up by these receivers. And at the same time, Jim Mansfield Sr., as the rumours suggested, and now we know factually, had been sort of offering a money laundering service to criminals and paramilitaries. And at some point in 2009, his son, Jimmy Jr., had accepted this money, 4.5 million from Daniel Kinahan and Thomas Bomber Kavanagh. And the reason they gave it to him was so as he would invest it in the property empire. So the money was taken, but it actually none of the properties were signed over before everything washed into the receivership. So there was chaos. And of course, Jim Mansfield Sr. got sick and he tried to develop a plan to claw back what he could of his assets. He identified Paddy Riley's field, Finstown House Hotel, and um, a third piece that he wanted back was some of the properties actually that had been promised to the likes of the Kinnahans 
and probably other criminals as well. Um, and he sort of brought in investors, sort of ex, sort of associates of his, to to try and do a deal with the receivers to buy it back. The plan was they'd buy it back, hold it for the Mansfields until they could raise the funds, and they'd sort of start afresh, start again. But of course, Mansfield was getting sicker and sicker. His son probably didn't have the uh, ability to keep everyone happy the way his father did, and he found himself in serious bother because all these criminals who'd invested were coming looking for money and they were coming and threatening him. So what he did was he brought in a couple of paramilitaries to protect him and then he brought in another crowd of paramilitaries to cast aside the first ones he'd brought in and he ended up basically inviting them all in and they all started infighting. Now during a trial recently in the Special Criminal Court when Mansfield Jr. was up for kidnapping charges was found not guilty for that but found guilty for uh, attempting to pervert, pervert the course of justice incredible evidence was he- was heard which is all around this time and part of the evidence was that um you know Alan Ryan was on the payroll the yeah. Mansfield payroll that at one point Jimmy Jr was paying the real IRA under Alan Ryan 2500 euro per week to protect him from what was described of course as the wall organized crime group and the Kavanaghs, which we later discovered was the bomber Kavanaugh organization because they had invested this money that had gone to the receivers but Junior, according to evidence given in the court, wanted to go to the funeral of Alan Ryan. He felt quite close to him and he was advised against it because it wouldn't have looked the best. But after, in the aftermath of of Ryan's shooting, Nathan Kinsella pretty much moved in to to Sagart. He moved in. It was described how he was using it as his office. Um, You know, he was sometimes on the run, I think, going into hiding. And, you know, in the aftermath, obviously, he had been injured by the kneecapping. But it's just extraordinary, the meeting of those worlds, the collision of all those worlds, that high society, the millionaire business, the richest family in Ireland and the paramilitaries and the drug dealers. Everybody came together. I mean, we have a great picture, of course, of Jim Mansfield uh, Jr. and Nathan Kinsella Mondello race track, don't we? Yeah. Uh, which is That was a family occasion. Yeah. That was Samuel yeah. Mansfield, uh, who's Jimmy Jr.'s son. It was his first outing on a racetrack. He seems to be an avid car enthusiast and he was racing that day. And it was a family yeah. event. And Nathan Kinsella is standing there on the balcony with J- Jimmy Jr. Yeah. And then, of course, he ends up in, in Blackrock. He ends up in Blackrock yeah. in a house um, uh, near Newtown Park Avenue, a house that was purchased and was in the name of a builder called Jerry McGreevy, who was one of the investors brought in at the time by Mansfields to buy back in particular Paddy Riley's field, the, seen as the jewel in the crown. And it all went sour because those investors came in and they were to, there was deadlines put on how long they would hold those investments for. And if the Mansfields couldn't raise the funds to buy them back, then they were theirs. I mean, these investors didn't come in at yeah. no risk whatsoever. Oh. Um, anyway, the Jimmy Jr. missed a lot of deadlines and things went sour with them. And some of those paramilitaries were putting the heavy on, on the builder, Jerry McGreevy and others, um, you know, to, to force them to sign back those assets to, to the Mansfield estate. Um, Jerry McGreevy buys this house in Newtown Park Avenue, which is like a million euro plus home, yep. six beds, four bed bath home. Um, one of the, 
best addresses, I would say, on the south side of Dublin. And who moved into it but Nathan Kinsella and his new partner, Jennifer Dunn. No doubt horrifying the neighbours in Blackrock. Horrifying them, Niall. Yes. And they discovered that who he was. Now, it's apparently very quiet neighbours, actually, Kinsella and Jennifer Dunn. Jennifer Dunn, who was a previous employee in the Mansfield um an administration employee, was it in yeah. Mansfield, one of the Mansfield organisation? And met Nathan Kinsler when he was knocking around, you know, at Tassagart House. But interestingly, so the two of them in February 2023, so the, this house up on, uh, off Newtown Park Avenue was actually raided in April 2020. And that shocked the neighbours, I can tell you. Good Lord. You know? Yeah. Um, anyway, they, the house was raided and what happened you know, in the meantime has been this investigation into money laundering offences. And in February of this year, both Jennifer Dunn and Nathan Kinsella appeared in court charged with these money laundering offences. And there was six or there are about six money laundering offences charges relating to bank accounts where funds were lodged in 2018, in 2019. And both certainly one of them gave their address to the court as to Sagart House, yeah, the Mansfield yeah. family home, right? Yeah. Um, and only this week, uh, or in the last weeks, sorry, uh, Kinsella has, they've dropped the money laundering charges. Yeah. He's pleaded guilty to tax offences. Yeah. Which we heard in court related to uh, documents found in the house up in Blackrock. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't, uh, because there was a guilty plea um, and then it'll come back for another for day for sentencing. Yeah. So you don't hear the exact details. However, it's clear that he's, you know, he's pled guilty to, to having more money than... Or filing false tax returns yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where you want, is, is it relating to this protection money that Jimmy Jr. was paying the real IRA, that evidence that we heard in the special criminal court of two and a half thousand a week were paid to the to the real IRA, the court was told? Well, we'll hear, I suppose, when he's sentencing, when he's sentenced, you will hear the details. However, he's admitted the offence. It's, you know, again, it's a, it's a case coming before the special criminal court. And again, you see a relatively early guilty plea. And we've seen a lot of that, actually. Um, we have, in, I've had so many, years. I've had so many... Um, queries, interested uh, contacts from all sorts of parts of the world contacting me in relation to this with the big question of why. Yeah. So why has a guy like Nathan Kinsella uh, with convictions for membership um, of an illegal organisation, uh, Nathan Kinsella hasn't really had legitimate work for decades. Yeah. Um, there was questions around, you know, him living in that house um, where the registered owner was Jerry McGreevy. I must check actually, has that changed at all? Because uh, certainly um, Kinsler was telling people he was trying to raise the funds to buy it. Yeah. Um, so why have these charges been dropped to a much lesser offence? And we don't know at this point as we're recording this, but you know, in the meantime, there's lots of questions around this because of course, Nathan Kinsler would know a lot of what happened around Mansfield, around that incredibly chaotic time. Um, and investigations are ongoing into criminal offences carried out around that area to do with finances and to do with money laundering. So, you know, 
you know what I mean, the sort of questions I, I'm being asked. And obviously, yeah. um, you know, we'll remain to see what happens with it. But um, the state don't often certainly bring in letters or charges. Of course, the plea deals do happen and, you know, they can when they they will accept a, a guilty plea and a lesser charge. But it seems to me a tax offence and a money laundering offence are at almost... Yeah, but look, we ends at the scale. Look, we, we'll hear more. I mean, that's that's the truth of it. But uh, mm. yeah, it's 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 Nathan Kinsella is a, is another one who's another fifteen years. Maybe he's been in the Sunday World, and uh, you know, doesn't like being photographed. No, it doesn't, doesn't like he being does photographed. Not. But actually, he made a big mistake in error in judgment. He went into the courts for the first few um, days with the thing on his face you know those masks, masks that we yeah. all used to wear and he must have forgotten it because yeah. he's got what did the, the photographer say that time One, Mick two. the fish did he get someone straight between oh, the eyes straight between the eyes straight yeah. between the eyes yeah. With, yeah. With, a, with the photograph so he was got straight between the eyes as he was walking out of court the other day um, so there's more to there's more to be seen there and is. it's the poor maybe the poor people of Black poor Rock and Black Rock, can, yeah. But now they can see exactly, you know, they can see the face of the yeah. of the individual that they have yeah, they uh, sleep heard a bit of. better. Of course, the people in Dalkey were it was like living in Gaza, wasn't it? Do talk about that? I can't believe somebody said that. You I probably mean, should so, say what it was, wasn't? Sorry, well, it was. A, I just read the headline. Yeah. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. Somebody had stood up at a meeting to say that living in Dalkey was like being a Palestinian in the Gaza because of the traffic yeah. management. <laughs> I mean, how could somebody just yeah. be so inappropriate? Yeah, It's not even funny. We shouldn't even no, be laughing at not. that because that's just ignorant to yeah, say that. it is. I mean, it's unreal. Um, it follows, of course, from, if you remember some years ago, there was a criminal offence committed in Dalky one Christmas time and a local resident said it was like... Li- living in Aleppo. Living in Aleppo, yeah. <laughs> Look... It's all a matter of perspective, isn't it? Right, listen, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with Nathan Kinslow, what evidence is going to come out at his sentencing. I see that's in January 2024, so I have a little bit of time to wait. But uh, Thanks, Nicola. Thanks, now. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take the Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume the Sunday world if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume the Sunday world responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.